0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, our host Alana Pinsky. I'm so excited to share that we are celebrating our 100th episode, and I wanted to take this opportunity to reflect on the journey with this podcast, express my gratitude, and share some insights with all of y'all. And I highly recommend that you grab your viewer beverage, get cozy, because I'm ready to dive into this whole episode and reflect on 100 episodes of Shamelessly Unapologetic. Before I do that, you know I always have to start off every solo episode with life updates. It's actually been a while since I've uploaded a solo episode because my upload schedule got messed up the past couple of weeks since I had technical difficulties with my guest episode with Hannah and I had to delay that upload so I just decided you know what I'll just do one solo episode for the month of May it'll be okay so it's been a while so I gotta catch you up with some things because there are a couple things that did happen between the last soul episode and this soul episode. Remember when I said that I was going to be going back to Richmond? Well, that trip has come and gone. And I wanted to just briefly talk about that. So I went to Richmond for about six days. So it wasn't a very long trip. And I gotta say, it was actually the least stressful trip back home that I've ever had. I think it helped because I barely saw my mother. So when I got in, it was around the time where they were getting ready to go to bed, so I didn't really talk to her. Then the next day, she was at work, and I was at horseback riding, and when I got back, it was late. And then Friday, I think, was the only time where I really saw her. I got dinner with her, and then Saturday was my friend's wedding, so I was gone. And then I was gone about a good chunk of Sunday, so I didn't really see her. Monday, she was back at school didn't really see her basically you get the point right so we kept missing each other so that definitely made things a lot easier on my well-being where I didn't have to really deal with her as much and it was also really great because I got to go horseback riding like I mentioned it's been five years since I've actually ridden a horse the last time I went riding was in 2018 it was nice to go back to my uh, farm And they have rebuilt a small barn. I don't think they put any of the horses in there yet. My trainer was telling me that she's not really interested in putting horses in a barn ever again due to what happened back in the fall. And I made a whole podcast episode explaining that situation. They definitely have made progress. They have been moving forward and trying to get everything back to normal lessons picked up I think a couple of weeks after the fire had occurred and I knew that I wanted to ride that was going to be really important to me especially because I hadn't ridden in a really long time and with the fire I just you know it felt right for me to go and ride. I got a couple of new things that I needed because a lot of my old horseback riding stuff doesn't fit me anymore so I wanted to get new and updated high quality stuff so that was really nice. And it was just really great to get back up on a horse again. It felt really good. I did have a ridiculous fall and it wasn't because I was thrown off. It was literally when my horse was standing still and I was trying to lean over to put my water cup down because when our trainer tells us, okay, we can go walk again, um, that's a good time to take a water break. And trust me, I get very thirsty when I ride. So when I tried to put my drink back down, I was leaning over and my whole saddle was starting to slide off my horse. I guess the girth was too long and not tight enough and I just fell off with the saddle. That was really embarrassing. I think my horse was very confused as to what was going on, but it was the most ridiculous fall that I've ever had. But it was very funny. We couldn't stop laughing about it and my trainer definitely loved to give me a hard time with that and told me that there's never a dull moment with me. (laughs) No, it was really great to be there um I still had fun and it is what it is and so with my friend's wedding that was in pretty much the middle of nowhere Virginia in like the Shenandoah Valley area and it was really fun I ended up getting there a little bit late and I felt really bad about that but you know I I was I didn't really miss much they I I basically walked in when they were doing like the lineup where all the bridesmaids were walking in so I didn't miss like much of the ceremony so that was good and of course the reception was really fun I thought my friends friends were so much fun they were really fun. it was a great time I got to dance with all of them because at first I was a little worried because I didn't really know my friends friends And I was worried that I just, yeah, I wasn't going to know anybody at this wedding and it was going to be awkward for me. But she actually had me sit with all the bridesmaids, which was really nice. And I was actually invited to her bachelorette weekend, but it was back in Richmond and I couldn't go. So they knew who I was. So at least that made a huge difference. And some of their husbands were there sitting with us at the table and they were also really fun And then we all went out afterwards and it was really great so i never felt awkward or uncomfortable they made me feel right at home and like i knew those people like my whole entire life when i had just met them really great weekend overall i am so happy i was able to make it to her wedding because i was so scared i wasn't going to be able to due to my finances and not being able to afford to go back but i made it work and i had such a wonderful time so that's basically what happened in Richmond another big thing that happened is as I finally returned back to YouTube so I basically made a video just explaining like what I'm doing with my channel moving forward and long story short I'm no longer gonna be making Portland content I am basically just going to be a regular lifestyle channel with no specific niche I'll probably do a lot of commentary videos that still center around my lifestyle. I think those videos that I've done in the past tend to do pretty well, so why not make more of them? But I do hope that my lifestyle channel does make me stand out compared to other lifestyle channels because so many lifestyle channels just focus on like routine videos, monthly or weekly reset videos, what they eat in a day, days in their lives, weeks in their lives. And trust me, I enjoy watching those videos, and I also love making those videos, but I don't want my lifestyle channel to be just all of those videos because that's going to get really boring and repetitive. So I definitely want to just integrate them in when I feel like it and when I can and where it makes sense in my life. So that is basically what I'm doing with YouTube. It feels really good to be back on YouTube, and I'm excited to see what this new journey with my channel brings for me and if it is actually gonna help my channel even more. I think it will. I mean, I've only done three uploads so far. So it's gonna take some time for things to really kick off. But I am also close to hitting 2000 subscribers, which is really exciting. My goal is to get 3000 this year. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So if you're not following me on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss those videos had to do a little shameless self plug I need to tell you about the third thing here so I don't know if you know who Ken Wax is on TikTok but basically there is this whole scandal going on with him right now where he was trying to act like a true crime saluth based off the smiley face serial killers in Chicago and He basically had no business, like, trying to be an investigator with this case. And he also started integrating his startup app in his videos where he's talking about victims of serial killers. And it was just absolutely distasteful and very tone deaf. So, yeah, I mean, imagine using victims of a serial killer just to promote your app could not be me whatsoever so he had just made up a bunch of lies saying that he cracked this case that there were private investigators knocking at his door on a sunday night oh my god it was so much drama right so you're probably wondering okay well what does this have to do with me i actually have had encounters with ken wax when i was living in the bay area so i made a tiktok video about this to give you like a very short version of the story i used to be friends with this girl who lived with my best friend and that situation did not work out so she got mad at me for this situation because i was the one that made the introduction and we basically had a really bad falling out and this girl absolutely hates me so ken actually became very good friends with her shortly after we no longer were friends this girl started hate watching my content and was making fun of me and she would always share a lot of my instagram stories with ken and i could easily tell because ken wasn't following me and i checked the people who view my stories and i'm like oh who's this person and i see that they're mutuals with this girl and yeah so she was always sharing my she was always sharing my stuff with him just to make fun of me and ken would also unfollow and follow me on instagram all the time it was super weird and creepy and then eventually he would slide into my dms and he would pretend to be very friendly with me but it was completely fake and not genuine i never trusted anything that this guy said and so one day i was at synagogue with one of my friends and this girl that who hates me is also Jewish she went the same night that I went which was interesting and she brought Ken along Ken comes up to me gives me a hug pretending to be so excited to meet me like there was nothing genuine about this conversation he claimed that he was fangirling and I'm like yeah right so I you know was entertaining the conversation being cordial but I'm thinking you're a fake fuck please go away but I wasn't going to be rude. Those are my encounters. So when I saw that he had gotten famous on TikTok, and he's a verified creator, I was like, I mean, you know what, good for him. I was never jealous or bitter that he had a better following than I did when I've been doing content creation for years now. But I was just like, okay, good for him. I'm glad he found something that works for him. But What made it just really funny is that he got himself into this huge scandal where the whole entire world, especially his 1.1 million followers, have started to turn against him. And I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) karma. (laughs) I love it. So I don't feel bad for him in the slightest. I hope this really humbles him and that he's learned his lesson but people have been calling him out on his bullshit and just this whole entire situation with the controversy, it just completely validates how I felt back then that he was just fake and not genuine and a complete liar. So that was great to get that confirmation. And so I laughed about it at his downfall. I know we shouldn't laugh at people's downfalls, but when there are people who do you wrong, it's kind of nice to get some sort of gratification or satisfaction of knowing that that's kind of karma that's all i'm gonna say before i get a little bit mean and nasty (laughs) but anyway so that was the ken wax drama you can look it up on TikTok, and now other youtubers are making videos about him and it's just been wild to see them so i'm just like (laughs) maybe i'm just a petty betty but I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed getting karma. So that was great. And then the fourth thing, I'm still unemployed. It still sucks. Unemployment benefits have not been kind to me because I've been denied four times in a row. And apparently I had to do some sort of virtual workshop in order to continue getting my benefits. So I finally did that last week and I finally got paid. I can finally pay my rent now. Because I got like a warning eviction notice saying you need to move out in 10 days. I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 I will get it. I will get it. And I never gave him the heads up that basically I lost my job and I'm going to get it to them. So they were very sweet and understanding. I think my property manager's boss didn't know this and was the one that initiated the notice. So that's getting taken care of. So I don't have to get evicted because woof, that would not look good on my credit report. Or if I was ever trying to get another apartment. So we can't have that happen. Basically, that's everything that's been happening in my life. Just still looking for a job. Job market is still bullshit. Um, It's been a little bit too humbling on me. And I don't like being humbled like this. There's other recruiters out there that have more experience than me. And they're probably getting chosen over me. And it's so fucking goddamn frustrating. You know, I'm not giving up. But at the same time, I secretly hope that... I can become a full-time content creator because I would just love to do that for the rest of my life because I really don't like working for corporate America or having a nine-to-five job. I feel like it really limits my freedom and it also makes me feel like I don't have any kind of individuality as a person and I have to act like this robot and that's not me. I don't want to have to tone myself down to appease to a certain level of professionalism. And I've had conversations like this with guests on my podcast before. Like when I had a Tank last year, we had a whole conversation about this, which was really fun. He was a really fun guest. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but those are the biggest updates that I have right now that have been going on with my life. So now I want to talk more about my podcast and reflecting on the milestone of 100 episodes this is our 100th episode and it feels like just yesterday I sat down in front of a microphone for the first time and I was extremely excited and a little bit nervous because I didn't know what was going to happen with this podcast if people were going to like it or if they weren't going to like it but little did I know of the awesome journey that awaited me. So today I wanted to take a moment to reflect on some key moments, lessons I've learned and the impact this podcast has had on my life. But first and foremost, I do want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you who have been listening to my podcast since day one. Because without your support, this podcast wouldn't be where it is today. Like, if I saw that nobody was listening to my podcast and it barely had listens, I would have probably stopped and realized, okay, podcasting is not for me. Nobody's listening. Even when I promote it and market it, nobody cares. And yeah, I would have stopped. That would have discouraged me. And it would just been a sign that like, this wouldn't have been for me, but that truly hasn't been the case at all. We have 10,000 downloads as of today. And I'm really excited about that. I know that number may not seem a lot to other big podcasts out there, but to have that many listens and downloads, that is a lot to me. And I just know that it's going to continue to grow and thrive even more. And I'm so excited about that. So from the bottom of my heart, I truly want to thank you for tuning in, for sharing your thoughts and feedback and just being a part of this incredible unapologetic community that we've built together over the past two and a half years. I started this podcast in 2020. So it was a week after my birthday, actually my 29th birthday. And I thought that was actually a really good time to start a podcast. I mean, I had also had lost a job and I needed something to do with my time. And I didn't look back and I was super excited, super motivated to start scouting out guests, to start creating different ideas for solo episodes, planning content for an Instagram page. I had so many fun ideas. I was so motivated. It's funny because originally I never thought about doing a podcast Because I'd always thought, well, if I started a podcast, what the fuck would I even talk about? Because my whole brand at the time was like Navigating Life and Dating in San Francisco because I started this podcast when I was living in San Francisco. And when I was hooking up with this guy back in the summer, we had talked about podcasts. And he actually encouraged me that I should make a podcast. And he said that there could be so many cool things that I could talk about. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I probably should give it a chance. There are great things that I could talk about that maybe I wouldn't be able to share necessarily on my YouTube channel or nor would it make sense. So to have his support at that time really encouraged me, really motivated me. And I said, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make a podcast. I have him to thank me for that. So at least that's one good thing that came out of seeing him because goof, I'm going to move on from that. But Overall, it's just been really fun sharing more about my life in a more vulnerable setting. And I tend to get more vulnerable here than I do on my YouTube channel. Now, I've absolutely made vulnerable videos on YouTube, but I definitely get way more vulnerable here than I do on YouTube. And I really love that I have a platform where I can talk about completely different things compared to what my YouTube channel is about. So it's really awesome to have an entirely different perspective of my content. And so people who have been following me on other platforms have another platform to get to know me by. And I love that. So yeah, that's basically everything that I wanted to say about like how I've been reflecting on my podcast journey over 100 episodes and I'm excited to see how many more episodes I have until I decided, like, I no longer want to do a podcast anymore, but that's not happening anytime soon. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about are some of the most amazing guests that I've had on this show. When I first started Shamelessly Unapologetic, I never imagined all of the incredible conversations that I would have and all of the amazing guests who would grease this show, from coaches, influencers, and everyday individuals have all come with extraordinary stories. I've had the privilege of learning from and connecting with some truly inspiring people. I think their wisdom, their vulnerability, have really shaped up this podcast. And this podcast really wouldn't be anything without my guest. I feel like if I had made this a complete solo podcast, I feel like it wouldn't do as well. So I'm so grateful for all of my amazing guests who come to the show and take time out of their day to spend an hour chatting with me my first guest on this show was actually my best friend Netta and we had mainly discussed toxic friendships and relationships learning how to let them go and that was basically the kickoff for having guests I thought it was going to be easiest to have like one of my friends be I guess but I didn't want to make that a habit I wanted to have guests that weren't just regular everyday people. I mean, everyone on my podcast is still an everyday people. Some just have a following. But I wanted to have a variety of people. I wanted influencers. I wanted experts or coaches or motivational people. And so that's basically how I planned it out, right? So yeah, my first guest was my best friend and I'm so grateful for her. And I loved the conversation that we had because those were some things that her and I have actually never talked about in real life before. So it was cool to learn even more things about my best friend that I didn't know before. After my best friend's episode, I started to create my dream list of guests that I would have a reasonable shot of booking with. Now don't get me wrong. There were some people who were reaches and had massive followings that probably would not even get back to me. And I will say... I certainly learned the hard way that more people will ignore podcast guest pitch emails than accept them. My first season was a bit messy when it came to creating a consistent guest schedule. I had a gap of no guests from the end of February to early April and then there was another gap from the rest of April all the way to early July. And then after that, it was just straight up solo episodes. I didn't like that that was happening. I think for me, I had gotten a little bit discouraged with the lack of responses from my pitch email. And it very well could have been like, what was in the email, I don't know. Or just some people just read it and they just didn't wanna be on the show. Or maybe it went to their spam folder and they don't check their spam folder. I've actually had that happen a couple of times. So that's clearly not good. I don't want. I wanted to go to their actual inbox, not their spam folder. That means that I knew I had to change things up a little bit. I knew that I wanted to make a change for season two and to make sure that I had more consistency with guest episodes. And so I created this format where I would have guests on my show every other week. So it's a solo episode, guest episode, solo episode, guest episode, etc., and moving forward. And that would also make it easier for me to continue to scout and book new guests and spread it out over the course of the year. So it would hopefully prevent gaps where I didn't have guests. I was more consistent with having guests in season two, but there was a month and a half where I did take off from guests since I was having a little bit more trouble getting more folks onto the show. And I wanted to be very transparent about that. That's why I didn't have guests, I think, from like September through mid-October. Just because nobody was replying back to my emails. It's really hard to get guests onto a podcast. I don't know what it is, but maybe some people just don't want to be on podcast. That's the reason for that. But I will say it's always really amazing when you get guests Who are interested and booked onto the show? It truly is one of the hardest things about being a podcaster, especially a small podcast. Sometimes people don't take you seriously and they're like, oh, you're a small podcast. I want clout. I don't care about you. You're not going to give me clout. And that shit sucks. It's already humbling enough being a small creator as is. I just really hate it when people devalue small creators and people think we're worthless just because we're small and our following isn't as big and we can't give clout to people. I just want to have conversations like, can we not worry about clouts? Like if you feel like, you're not going to get clout from my podcast, then, you know, don't share the episode. I've had big creators who don't share their episodes and I'm not the least bit bothered by it. I never even pressure my guests to say, hey, share the episode on your Instagram. I don't do that. I'm also not a clout chaser. I leave that decision up to them. If a big creator does choose to share my podcast, That's wonderful and I'm very grateful for that because then that brings new listeners to my show. There's never any pressure. I just want people who fit the brand of my podcast and I know that my audience can really resonate with their message and that's truly what it's about. But it does suck when people don't take you seriously, especially when you have to deal with managers. Oh my god. So some creators... We'll have managers and managers are typically those who manage sponsorships or events and maybe even bookings for podcasts and stuff like that. It is an absolute pain to deal with people's managers because they're very set on vanity metrics and I had to learn the hard way that I have to share media kits with management teams and I still have struggled to find success with that but I have had a couple managers get back to me and... I was really close to getting one big creator and then I got an email back saying oh there's time conflicts we can't do this anymore and I'm like wait 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 hold up hold up like what do you mean by time conflicts like let's work together let's find some flexibility and then I got ghosted that was really frustrating and that was really sketch I feel like something deeper happens and I was just straight up being lied to and that really sucks so for me you know, I'm still never scared to reach out to a manager because you never know. Some managers are nicer than others and some are just completely snobby and only care if you have clout that you can give to their client. It is what it is. And I am going to always shoot my shot no matter what because you just, you never know. I have continued to have been surprised with people that I have gotten on my show. And that's something that I'm going to continue manifesting for myself. So right now I'm still reaching out to more guests for my summer episodes and I'm still having challenges but I actually recently changed up my pitch email and I'm hoping that's going to generate a better response and I've even started attaching my podcast media kit to creators and not just managers. So I'll keep you posted if that pitch email generates better responses and I can calculate some data, do some A-B testing here, but there's a good chance that I may potentially not have guests in June, but we'll see. But I do think my new pitch email is really great, and I am hopeful that it will generate some responses. And to wrap this segment up of the show, I just want to say once again that I truly am thankful for all of the amazing guests who have agreed to be on the show. An important thing I do with past guests is that I still stay in touch with them, and I make sure that I'm following them on social media. Because the relationships you build with podcast guests don't stop after you have them on the show. You continue to have that relationship with them and check in with them and engage with their content. And I think that's super important for anyone looking to have guests on their podcast. So if you're thinking about having a podcast and you want guests, make sure you're following them on social media. Make sure your podcast social media accounts are following them and engage with their content. I promise it does wonders for your relationship building and it also gives you and your podcast a good name and a good luck. So take that into consideration. Moving into our next segment, I want to take you behind the scenes and share some moments that have occurred during the production of Shamelessly Unapologetic. From all the technical mishaps to the spontaneous bursts of laughter, every episode has Been an adventure to say the least. When I first got started with my podcast, I was using a Blue Yeti mic and I believe I got it for a hundred and something dollars. And I also use GarageBand to record all my episodes and then I edit them in Final Cut Pro. So that's kind of going to give you an idea of like what I do to create my podcast. But i still have plans to upgrade my equipment this year but of course that's going to be dependent on me getting a job because podcast equipment is not cheap i actually want to get new headphones i want to get a new mic like i would love to have one of those sure mics because the audio quality is supposed to sound even better than the blue yeti mic and i think the blue yeti mic does sound really great but to even have more top-notch high quality audio That would be an absolute dream come true to say the least that's kind of a little bit of what i do to create my podcast i'm basically using what i have obviously i bought final cut pro years ago for my youtube channel and that was one of the best investments i ever made for my channel to begin with aside from like the cameras that i use but Final Cut Pro is the goat of video editing software, in my opinion. And it's good for editing podcasts as well. And obviously GarageBand comes free with a MacBook and it's been a really great way to record podcasts and the audio sounds way better when you record there when you do in Final Cut Pro because you can record voiceovers in Final Cut Pro, but I always felt like the audio wasn't as good, even when you use a mic. So that gives you a little bit of idea on like what I use to produce my podcast. But going back to like the name of my podcast, I will say finding a name was pretty tough because so many of my ideas that I had written down for a podcast were Already taken, and I wasn't trying to steal someone else's podcast name, whether they were a big podcast or a small podcast. That's just not cool. Be original, be unique, make it your own, right? So that's what I wanted to do. What I knew is that I wanted my podcast to really highlight my unapologetic and shameless personality. So after many brainstorming sessions with myself and doing a lot of research and making sure that. I could find names that were not taken for a podcast that was already out there. I was finally able to come up with the title, Shamelessly Unapologetic. And it wasn't taken. When you type in the phrase, Shamelessly Unapologetic, on like Google or whatever search result website that you used, my podcast is pretty much the first thing that comes up in the search results. So that's how you know it's a good podcast name. When it's searchable, people can find it. And they know that I have the authority over the phrase shamelessly unapologetic. Now, those are just basic English words. But if someone were to try to steal my podcast name, obviously, I would raise hell. And that's actually one of my biggest fears is that some big influencer is going to have a podcast and name it the same thing that I have or name it something close to it. And that will severely piss me off. Like, Because a lot of influencers are stealing from smaller creators. Like with the whole Jacqueline Hill incident with the brand Co slash Cozy using the same name. That really made me very upset for that girl who started her brand. And it completely ruined her brand. And that's a huge fear of mine is that some large creator is going to ruin my podcast hopefully that never happens I feel like that's a big long shot but if that does happen you bet your ass I am raising hell oh gosh like I'm not gonna let a creator get away with that nope nope no ma'am no sir I have the name shamelessly unapologetic it is associated with me and me only thank you very much and the way that I've created my episodes. I've been able to use Spotify. Originally, I was using Anchor, which has always been acquired by Spotify and then it rebranded to Podcasters by Spotify, and that's what I basically used to host my podcast, but you can find it on Apple or Google. You can listen to it on Amazon now. Like it's on a bunch of other podcast streaming platforms. So, so the thing is like even though I have my podcast pretty much marketed everywhere well not marketed everywhere but it's pretty much on every like streaming platform that you could think of it's not enough to just get people interested and listen to it i have to rely heavily on instagram and facebook to market my show i do have a facebook business page for the show i created one because i needed to with like being able to automatically post updates on the instagram page connected to Facebook business so it's just easy to just create a business page and those posts usually just automatically post from Instagram so that's really helpful so I don't have to manage that as much but with Instagram that is basically where I'm very active and I'm promoting every episode now I will say the growth on my social media pages for the, for the podcast is still pretty slow but I learned that with season two I needed to start creating reels for the podcast Instagram page so I could drive more traffic and it definitely helped because I was not even, I didn't even think to use reels when I was marketing my podcast during season one. Like I said, season one was messy, but again, it was my first season, my first year podcasting. There were so many things that I had to learn. I had to make mistakes to grow from them so I could improve and get better over time. So creating reels definitely helped with, Getting the name of my podcast out there and i'm still trying to grow it there's still so many things that i'm still learning to try to to get it to grow but if you are listening to this show make sure you follow us at shamelessly unapologetic on instagram gotta gotta plug the podcast instagram if i'm gonna talk about it right (laughs) so yeah don't be afraid to follow us on instagram it definitely helps as i mentioned i just said see someone was super messy overall And I think, you know, that was expected because it was my first season. I had many things to learn. I've even made a whole episode about my first year of podcasting. And I believe it was my one year anniversary recap of the podcast. And I remember just like how my Instagram page was such a tragedy and the graphics were so bad, y'all. And I burned out so quickly by having to post five days a week on the account. And I had no good content strategy or plan for each day and to be consistent with what I wanted each post to be about. I knew that I wanted to make a change for season two and so I hired a graphic designer and she helped me create a lot of fun and bold consistent graphics for the Instagram and I tailor that to every single post and episode and I still use them to this day. And I've been able to create a better content strategy And I also make the graphics in the beginning of every month because I typically know what episodes are going to be going out that month because I have all the guest episodes recorded and I make my own content calendar for my podcast. And so I'm able to make those in advance. So when it's time to upload, it's already done. I don't have to do anymore. The only thing I may have to update are just the takeaways for each episode and I usually do that right after I edit an episode. So I'm able to break up like, okay, what did this part of the episode focus on here? What did we focus on there? And that's how I'm able to come up with the takeaways for each episode. So people can um, get an under more understanding of the impact and what they can expect from the episode. So I was able to start implementing episode takeaways in every episode description in season two. Because I did not do that in season one. So That truly makes a difference. And then the last thing with production and just doing things on the back end is that it is hard to keep up with the podcast Instagram. I will say I use an app called Later and that's helped me a ton with scheduling things out for me automatically. Now, I still have a goal to hire an assistant to manage my podcast Instagram account. Unfortunately, it's no longer financially doable for me, and I'm still having to rely on later. So I pay $150 a year for that, and it does take some stress off, but I still have to keep up with posting stories. And I don't think those are things that I can schedule out in advance with the app. I mean, I haven't really looked into it, but I've just been doing that manually. It still is a goal to get an assistant. Like, I still plan on doing that because it's definitely gonna just make my life a lot easier and take some stress off and maybe once i get an assistant maybe we could start making a TikTok for the podcast but basically i would repost reels that i post on the instagram or any audiograms so that won't be as active of a page it probably would get one or two posts a week if i'm being honest because that's really all i can share but hopefully it could do well on TikTok. I'm not going to make a TikTok for the podcast just yet. It is something I do have planned in the future. I just don't have enough hours in the day to manage all that. It's just, it's too much. I already manage so much social media stuff as is. And I get burnt out and exhausted very easily. And I don't want to keep doing that to myself. But trust me, it's, it's going to be in the works. It's going to take some time. I will get there. So that's the latest update with The Assistant. Um, who knows? Maybe I still could get The Assistant this year. But again, it's really just going to depend on finances and what I have in the budget to spend for that. That's basically everything that I wanted to share about, like, the end and what it's like to produce a podcast in general. And then I wanted to share some episode highlights. So... I just felt like it was gonna be very fitting to revisit some of my favorite moments from this show. And I have eight that I wanted to share with you guys. So the first one is uploading my very first episode. So it was 10 minutes long and I would introduce everyone to what my podcast was gonna be about and why I chose to start the podcast. Very short episode, but it was basically you know my little pilot that I wanted to just give people a taste on what's to expect. And I do have a podcast trailer as well, which is about one or two minutes long, but obviously I kind of wanted to work it up very slowly to give them more exposure. And so then after I created my first episode, this brings me to number two. I uploaded my first actual full-length episode, which was my second upload. So that episode was called Unapologetically Saying Fuck You to My Bullies and Leaving My Toxic Hometown. That episode ended up doing very well, and it got a ton of downloads. And so in that episode, I was extremely vulnerable and brutally honest in my situation. I have never had a good place to express the pain and hurt that I faced from my childhood bullies and how my hometown served me zero purpose in my life and it was just creating more harm than good for my mental and emotional well-being. I remember in that episode, I called out my bullies anonymously, of course, and my experiences with them and I virtually held them accountable for their bad behavior. I just remember how good it felt to get all of that out there. It was definitely very ballsy for me to make that episode but that's basically what my whole brain is about is being ballsy putting myself out there being bold I am curious to know if any of those folks listened to the episode or not I'd actually be really curious to find out and curious to know what their reactions were but I hope it made them feel like shit and I am not the least bit sorry about it so take that number three Getting my first interested guest booked that wasn't a friend or someone I knew was so exciting. I believe Sid Aaron from TikTok was the first interested guest and she had a pretty big following at the time. She still has a big following. I will say there were a couple of sound and technical difficulties with her episode, but we had a really awesome conversation and I just felt like it was an absolute privilege to have her on the show. Especially because she was a big creator. Uh, She also gave me hope that I am worthy of having large creators on my small show. I still shoot my shot with large creators. And as I've said earlier, some say yes. Most of them don't respond. And only a small handful have told me no. Gently, of course. And usually it's always come from their managers, not them. I'm forever thankful for Sid to agreeing to come onto the show, being my first real guest. And, you know... Really kicking things off for guests being on my show. I'm so grateful for that and I'll never forget that exciting moment when her manager got back to me saying she'd love to be on this show and we made it happen. Number four. The episode where I talked about quitting my ABA therapy job was a really successful episode. It is one of my most listened to episodes. I spilled all of the tea in that episode of my crazy experiences from being an ABA therapist and why I ended up leaving the profession for good. And I remember I got a lot of positive feedback from that episode. I got a couple of emails from people saying how much they really resonated with it and that it made them feel less alone about being in the field. Now, I did get one negative and really harmful podcast review on Apple podcast because someone tried to dox me in the review and they revealed to like where I worked and sure you could find that on LinkedIn, but to actually share that in a podcast review is completely inappropriate. And I had to get Apple to take that down. I normally would not remove negative reviews. And to be honest, nobody ever leaves me reviews. So please review my podcast on Apple or Spotify if you love my show. And even if you don't love my show, I'd love for you to tactfully share your constructive feedback on any rooms for improvement that you think I should look into. I'm always looking to grow and improve my show. And I do take my listener feedback very seriously. But unfortunately, petty one-star reviews with no comments do me no good. And I just choose to ignore the one-star reviews because... I think they have come from people that I know who just don't like me and they just want to give my podcast a one star review. I don't think my podcast is bad at all. I'm sure there are way worse podcasts out there and I just ignore those, right? But yeah, getting that one negative harmful review was pretty scary and I'm glad Apple was able to take that down. But normally I wouldn't take down negative reviews. But if you're going to dox me in a review, that's not appropriate and I will get that taken down so keep that in mind number five being able to reflect on podcasting for a year was a fun episode to record i know i briefly mentioned that earlier but i really enjoyed sharing with y'all on what i learned in my first year and what i hope to do differently it was definitely a big highlight for me within making this show number six Launching season two was very rememberable for me because I did a lot of rebranding on my Instagram page. I had a better game plan and strategy for the season. And I just had a more consistent schedule between solo and guest episodes. I did have a small burnout period where I couldn't get episodes out at my usual upload time. And it's funny, this episode is coming up a little bit later today because... I got sick yesterday, and so it screwed up my recording schedule, but things happen. But, you know, I always still make sure that I get my episodes uploaded on Wednesdays. As I've stated before, I'm a one-woman show. It is hard to do everything by myself, and I am doing the best that I can to still get the good quality content out there. Sometimes I have to delay it, but, you know, if I delay things, it's because I want to make sure that the quality is good, right? So that will happen from time to time, but I am trying my best to make sure I don't make a huge habit of it. Number seven, I loved how season two in general was just a really good rebuilding season and it did bring in more growth that year. And I loved how the Spotify year in review shared a lot of really cool, amazing data and statistics about my podcast and how it performed in 2022. I did reveal all of that data so if you want to hear more about what cool data and statistics happened within the year 2022 for the podcast i made an episode called unapologetically saying goodbye to 2022 where i reflected on my year and i reflected on how shamelessly unapologetic performed throughout the year so give that a listen if you want to learn more and then finally after a nice two-month break i kicked off season three And so far I've had some really amazing people on the show. I gotta say, TK has probably been the funniest guest to this day that I've had on the show. And he was always making me laugh throughout his episode. So I hope to continue to get more hilarious guests like TK because we all need more humor and laughs in our life. After being 100 episodes in, I've learned so many invaluable lessons along the way from overcoming self-doubt, to mastering the art of storytelling I feel like each episode has brought me closer to understanding myself and the world around me and looking ahead to the future I'm filled with excitement and enthusiasm this podcast has become a significant part of my life and I'm committed to continuing the journey with you all unfortunately this brings us to the end of this special 100th episode celebration of shamelessly unapologetic but I hope you've enjoyed this reflective journey as much as I have. Once again, I want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you for being a part of this incredible podcasting adventure. Here's to the next 100 episodes and beyond. And guys, just remember, if you ever have an unapologetic experience that you ever want to share with me, and maybe even have it read on the show, you can always email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, make sure you're following the podcast at shamelesslyunapologetic on Instagram. And I really hope you've enjoyed this episode, but I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye!